Earthlings, we have now taken over your radio. Kobe! Oh man, oh man. Get that Celtic ass! Walker. Oh my god. Did you hear that? That was sick. Oh, that was the first time we heard Craig actually speak. Yo, Craig's got a killer radio voice. Holy. <laughs> kind of caught me off guard. Oh, well, that that marks the, the beginning of the episode, I guess. It's Game of Runs <laughs> on uh, 101.5 UMFM. I'm going to mark the time down. I realized I didn't do this last time, and we're still, still trying to stick to about a half-hour spot for umfm it would be smart of us to uh oblige by that so 1205 is our get-go but neil noonan Ridge kanda how are you doing man it's nice to, nice to talk to you i'm doing well you know i'm uh i'm safe uh i'm i'm healthy uh the people i know and love are healthy and safe right now so it's all that really matters but um i'm pretty hyped my man like we uh we just watched uh last night two very good episodes of The Last Dance. I'm glad this series is going on. This is like a a, a very necessary. I'm glad ESPN moved it up um b- by a couple months. Um and everyone could kind of, you know, uh, we talk a lot about what what really uh accentuates uh social media uh and that's watching something together or experiencing something together. And uh I I think Twitter has been on fire with the jokes revolving around this uh, whole series and the amount of like, we were texting a bit back and forth last night, the amount of stuff that we're seeing that we haven't been able to see yet um, from the vault is just so satisfying to watch as a basketball fan, as a, 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 everyone gets really involved in this nostalgia and all that. Um, but how am I doing? I'm doing well, bro. How are you? <laughs> oh geez man i uh, i started writing a list of things i wanted to hit on from uh from your intro alone uh i'm good yeah um we ran into a couple of our friends just walking around the neighborhood uh last night and very similar conversation conversation we're all having like hey how are you guys doing uh what's going on and we saw them maybe three weeks ago in in a very similar instance and we had like no updates you know like things are kind of has been staying the same uh for better part of a month now but uh it'll be interesting like where where we're uh recording from here in winnipeg uh really opening up today a lot of different businesses so we'll uh we'll see how that goes but uh one of the things that of course absolutely it's one of those things that i feel confident in my little bubble like just like from people that i hear from um my my social channels and stuff like that seem very much uh maybe not against the reopening but very much not going anywhere all of a sudden you know like uh no one's in any rush to go places and i know this has put uh small businesses in a in a in a weird weird spot but uh i'm i'm hoping the rest of winnipeg kind of feels the same way that uh, a lot of my uh close friends do but uh hey you uh you had a strong reaction on was it friday on twitter Oh yeah, about that. <laughs> I I just don't like uh greed and capitalism running our uh running our province or, you know, I I feel you know that everyone's kind of going through some stuff during this pandemic. You have to, you know, understand everyone's um positions. I think 
the biggest issue would be that, you know, I have friends who are running small businesses and they have, they have to be open to kind of sustain themselves and uh, they're not getting the most, you know, federal support right now. Um, but provincially opening up early and putting pressure on small businesses in the province um, that, you know, you could just go to them and say, hey, you weren't open at a time that we said we could be open. So it's on you. Uh, you're putting pressure on small businesses and basically giving them a do or die for kind of a morbid term. Like, hey, either you open up, um, you know, and, and adjust or um, there, there's no government support. Right. Like it, it's it, you're putting small businesses in a very tough position. Do you want to be responsible or do you want to be, I don't know, capitalist? Do you want to do you want to make money? Yeah, that's it's especially when you put it like you, I think you just put it really elegantly, actually, and, and simply that um, these business owners are being faced with a choice and it, by no help of the government, as far as like uh financial support uh, it's just such an awful situation to be in i was listening to dave chang his um of momofuku fame uh with the ringer now he he's been doing a podcast with them for a couple of years now but he's really had some amazing conversations in uh the past month or so regarding this and specifically the restaurant industry obviously but um what he brought up with his conversation with Wiley Dufresne in his last podcast really reminded me of uh, your tweets and just kind of what's happening locally here. Um, he gave the example with the restaurants as, yeah, we may be op- able to open up uh, in the near future, but the amount of money that will still have to be paid to not only uh, staff, but uh, to bring food in, product, and Um, And then to have very, like, not the normal amount of people, like shoppers or um, guests to your restaurant, come to your business, like that math is just never going to equal, right? And the like, who says the rent is going to stay the same? And um, all these different things, it's going to make it so hard for any business to just come back and hope for the best. So uh yeah, it's it's tough to hear that uh, all that's going on right here at home now too. Yeah, incredibly tough uh, for everyone involved, and all you could do is kind of hear people's opinions and kind of go from there. Uh, but I think my opinion on that provincial government is pretty pretty clear. Um, but hey, basketball, we're a basketball show, and uh, we got some great basketball content to talk about. Uh, episodes five and six, Neil, what were your first impressions after watching both episodes like what were the first things that popped to your mind well i mean i messaged the, the first this, i think this was the first time i i messaged you immediately after an episode but it was at like 901 local time I, like just finishing that episode five and i was just like that is everything that i keep dear in my head about michael jordan it's it's the dream team. It's the sneakers. It's um, the whole thing with with Kobe and how Kobe was basically our Michael Jordan in in the early two thousands. Um, and that episode just encapsulated so much of what I love about Michael Jordan. And I I was just floored. I I loved every single bit of it. You mentioned uh, we got a lot of unseen footage. I think we got the most that I've never seen, at least in this uh, episode five the stuff in the all-star game locker room of them talking about the the laker boy i mean (laughs) i i would pay a premium to see any of that footage and the fact that we're just watching it 
during this coronavirus pandemic on our couch on a on a on a beautiful Sunday night. Like it's it like it's such a treat. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I uh, we I hope we see more of. I love watching him um, interact with. Uh, or not necessarily just his teammates, but like these these colleagues, these stars that were in the league at the time. And this this one episode that had not only that um, that All Star game, but the Dream Team part of it, right? Uh, I, I think we saw some of that game footage that we've never or practice footage, technically, of like the inner squad scrimmage that they did. I think we saw more of that than we ever have. At least I have. Um, in that episode as well so it just had that episode five in particular had everything i've ever loved about michael jordan in it and uh yeah i couldn't have asked for more like there was no way episode six was going to live up to it after that yeah no this was episode five was definitely like oh my god this is hitting all the kind of like 20 to 30 year old sort of like range of oh this is the most nostalgic sort of vintage uh touches on everything mj that you could have imagined and uh right i mean we'll we'll dive right right into it um start they i think they started up with uh him going to msg um uh, for his last game in 98 yeah. and uh, and then they kind of you know he, he uh he busts out the the band jordan one oh, no the chicago yeah. jordan ones and um oh man they look so good and to watch watch him lacing them up that was a very like um that was the most hype i got like at the very start i'm like oh my god i am watching mj lace up a pair of ones why have i not seen this yet oh um, man yeah and and uh for those who don't know like all og jordan ones um there's a difference between og and and what the new ones come out as but uh if it's an og style of jordan one uh they come unlaced so you have to lace them up right out the box so it's showing me that it was a brand new pair and uh the pairs he was getting for the most part were brand new pairs uh, a lot of players like to uh, play in a new pair every every game uh, nowadays because, I mean, they have, you know, that access to it. And uh, it was interesting to watch MJ at that point. He had, you know, uh, he was like 13, 14 years being signed to Nike and he was able to, um, we were able to watch him lace him up. An interesting little tidbit, though, most people I know uh, stylistically lace going over top and then inside uh, with their laces. He went underneath and over top uh ah. with his laces and that's that's i think a technical thing because uh that's for lockdown right like if it's underneath and over top you're cinching uh the shoe to you to, to uh your your foot arch a bit more so um the bridge of your foot rather so uh, that was really cool to see and then uh to see him jump back into the i think it was like the uh i think he was playing in 12s or 13s at that point and just kind of see him like bounce between them and mention like uh, the shoe in that tech versus the shoe in this tech. That was really cool to see. And, uh, and no, I took a peek at my, at my closet and, uh, saw my Jordan ones. I was like, wow. Yeah, this hits, this hits very close to home. And then, uh, yeah. to touch on, to touch on the, uh, dream team stuff. Um, yeah, that practice footage was really cool to see MJ just take over, uh, to see Larry bird just kind of joke around and, be a dummy coach who who like just kind of like knows that like it's pointless to coach an all-star game but sure let's win anyway like it was very it was very heartwarming at the same time we still saw a little of a chipper mj and that killer instinct and uh and yeah it was, it was really cool to see that like this is not the 90s like him trash talking magic or, or this is the 90s and it's like he's kind of insinuating he's like your time is past old man like this is my time and he just kind of like 
that's the way he was trash talking in practice. And that was really cool to see. No doubt. I was, I was really pumped to talk about the sneaker part with you. Cause I, I was wondering when I knew we were going to get, whether it was going to be like five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. I knew we were going to get some sneaker time because I mean, to this day, it's, it's one of the biggest parts of, of Michael Jordan is, is Air Jordan and the shoes. Uh, how do you think, uh, like, did you enjoy uh, how they went about that? Was there anything that you learned about uh, not only him turning down Adidas, but I love seeing the Converse commercials of uh, Larry and uh, Magic. That that was awesome. Was there anything you learned about the the beginning of uh, Air Jordans in this one? Um, the only thing that I didn't like uh, have an idea about was how reluctant he was to go with Nike at first. And it took his parents to convince him. Um, right, right. Other than that, it was it was pretty. There was a lot of stuff that was hashed over by Nick DePaula or other sneaker. Uh, sneaker reporters i guess you could call them or just you know in the internet hearsay uh that he was an adidas guy and such uh big shouts to all the adidas guys out there i a former adidas guy as well um but like yeah it, that that was the only thing that really stuck out was like oh yeah i i guess that he was he was such a tried and true adidas guy and nike wasn't quite a basketball shoe yet and it kind of took him and uh making him the number one guy with his own shoe and uh, David Falk and, you know, um, the Nike executive. I forgot the Nike executive's name, but those guys really working it out that he's going to be the cover boy for Nike. Um, and now he's involved into his own brand and everything. And, you know, they really nailed the marketing down, like Air Jordan. Like, it couldn't have worked out more perfectly. Oh, such and, a good name. Yeah. And uh, Adidas, Adidas just wasn't... Uh, the One of my favorite tweets I've seen in the past 24 hours is... Uh, um, the room full of Adidas executives uh, debating whether or not they should sign Michael Jordan. And it was just like six clowns in a room. <laughs> and it was just like, that's the most encapsulating aspect of it. Like this guy is already a hero in North Carolina. He's entering the league. Like this might be a guy to put all your money down on, but um, Hey, you know what? Um, that's how business goes. Unfortunately, sometimes like it, those sorts of calls you make you might have passed on the greatest ever and uh and you did so um but yeah n- nothing stood out other than the parent stuff but gotcha. one thing that yeah. one thing that did stand out was uh my heart sunk a little bit when i saw kobe oh no doubt honestly just uh one of the one of the most uh you know hearing kobe talk about it and kobe has never been shy about mentioning that you know he reaches out to other people he thinks is great for for advice i I think it's extremely well documented that kobe's someone to kind of reach for advice like shamelessly like and uh yeah seeing kobe and you you spoke on a bit earlier but like calling him the laker boy it was it was just kind of so heartwarming to see that like mj kind of spoke about him like a this cocky kid but MJ almost had a bit in his voice of, you know, kind of respect, you know, this guy's taking oh, yeah. the game. So that was super, that, that was like the most heartwarming aspect of the episodes. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree more. That, uh, seeing Kobe pop up, I was, I was so glad they got him. I kind of had this, I mean, you, you never know how long these things take. Obviously, this has been like 20 years in the making, but um uh, kobe and stern were two interviews that like it was just it was it was so good to see them pop up um as a talking head so i'm I'm so glad they got them and and they gave 
that kind of story uh a, a good amount of time you know and th- that footage in the locker room i definitely take that as a sign of admiration everything that jordan said you know and obviously going forward with him kind of taking him on as as a little brother it's uh it, it's awesome and i'm I'm so glad we got to see that and i mean that it's part of phil jackson's story too right like going right to the lakers and, and getting kobe the laker boy and and Shaq and stuff like that so it's definitely it's definitely all part of it and I think Kobe's a huge part of linking not only our generation but the kids right like think about people that are 10 15 years old right now that may be watching this at home as well Kobe's the guy that links that generation to Michael you know like we're kind of at that right at the beginning of that generation that links the two um Mm -hmm. but I think that was uh, that was awesome to see, and uh, yeah, you touched on the dream team a little bit too. But I mean, it it really is just incredible to think about that collection of players at that specific time. Uh, they touched on the Isaiah thing, and uh, just it, it, I mean, even coming from Clyde Drexler uh, losing in the finals, kind of like there, there's just so many different storylines from every single player on that team. Uh, and where that kind of links up with this Bulls team as well. Um, it, it's kind of crazy to go back and just tell this whole story of this Bulls team within, was it eight years? And just even more than that, like 15 as soon as Michael Jordan got in the, got in the league. Like it's, it's just an incredible story. And there's so many branches off of it. And uh, I think they're doing a really good job going down certain ones for the right amount of time. Yeah, and I, I guess in the timeline now, we are kind of around the 93, 94. They just... You know, they're just uh, about to win their third title. And then um, MJ's about to call it quits. And this is where we kind of get into episode six, which is more so about uh, the controversy around MJ. And, you know, um, it kind of, you know, touches on Jordan rules and how that changed the image of MJ. Um, Episode five was a stunner, but it, it was nice to get back in the weeds on episode six of like, what was the mood on the ground? um during that time and i just wanted your thoughts what did you think about episode six and how it kind of touched on maybe a bit of the darker side of uh mj's habits the the incredible interview he did with shades on as if he didn't understand that would be a ridiculous look like uh, all that stuff you know how in game of thrones the white walkers kind of show up every season just to remind you that like they're the real threat, you know, like they're the real big bad of the whole series. And then they finally show up at the end. And I mean, we know how all that ends, but uh, (laughs) they're just moving the entire season. Right. Yeah. Um, Episode six kind of reminded me of when the, when you really get that first battle with the white walkers as comparing the white walkers to why Jordan retired when he did both times. And, uh, that like I feel like this was a huge thing looming over this entire series as like the big question mark of like was he was he suspended was it because of his dad uh was it because he was burnt out and because of the fame like all of these questions and these you call them conspiracy theories whatever this I for, for me that was a huge overarching question this entire series that I was hoping that they would go into and episode six I feel like was the first big one that that was almost with, with, with Barkley and the Suns and all that, but that and the gambling, but that was like the, that was kind of the thesis of, of episode six was why he retired 
the second time and it's it's the fame that he could only hang out with these security guards and play these quarter games right or go right back to his hotel room and literally just watch tv with a pack of cigars um these were the only things he was able to do and that's why i'm not surprised at all he picked up golfing it's the it's the it's it's the least surprising thing ever that michael jordan would get into is you could be private out on a golf course and it's super competitive and you can gamble on it you know yeah, so i it, it's it's everything he likes um privacy gambling trash talking and uh yeah competitiveness right like it's it's, it's without a doubt so so yeah I, I i'm pumped that that was this was a really first big step into that and i think the the retirement in 90s like the one that they started alluding to uh, the first one as much mystery is behind that. Um, the, the end of this, when, whether it's episode nine, 10, where they talk about him retiring again in 98, that's what I'm most curious about because um, I'm starting to get the feeling. It's really just, uh, I, he was just torn down from, I mean, three titles, three 90 game seasons or whatever. Like it takes, a lot out of everyone but when his fame is was at that level it's it's hard to explain like i don't have we seen someone that famous since like on the entire planet i'm not sure we have justin bieber Mm. i'm not like i'm not kidding i'm trying to think of somebody that's like worldwide famous cannot go outside because there's crowds everywhere i'm trying to think that list is extremely small and Beyonce uh, maybe yeah I can't I I mean the thing about it is though like Justin Bieber and Beyonce were also like you know they're loosely connected to MJ in in the sense that MJ like the time that he came has influenced everything in society today right like right. I, it, it's it's hard to kind of weigh that um without weighing you know against his peers at the time and you he know for example, we saw, celebrity basically straight up because we, we saw prince um the amount of celebrities at the all-star game that you saw in episode five and six um like it, it was pretty stacked and uh right and that level of fame and celebrity and not having you know not being able to be alone that just definitely going to weigh on you and uh it it couldn't have been more point than like watching him just kind of lay down have a cigar and then right outside of his room, as soon as he's changed and ready to go, um, he's mobbed. Oh, they they showed that so well. Whether that was the same day or not, um, the way they told that story, I mean, they felt it. They didn't tell it. They showed it, you know, um, <laughs> like the only common piece he has is in his hotel room every night. Straight up. And uh it's hard to have sympathy for someone who's as big as a, you know, who, who's as cocky or I guess uh, who has as brash a personality as MJ, but like you kind of feel for him there, right? Like everyone deserves some sense of privacy. Yeah. That commercial that he was shooting that he couldn't get the lines, right. Talking about how people want to be him, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was a really sympathetic moment for sure. Um, I think there was a lot of old commercial footage in this episode or in these last two episodes because we saw all the sneaker stuff. 
um obviously the like mike stuff which is which is awesome I a lot of commercials in these two episodes yeah they really um touched on what michael's image was during the kind of 93 92 94 era and that was really right. cool to see um and then and then you jumped back all the way to 85 86 uh, what you said earlier uh bird and bird and magic and the converse weapons um so it was, it was i think that's why episode five is I agree with you. It's been a strong point that it kind of, it kind of blended what we've seen in pop culture with what we haven't seen relating right. to stuff we know about, right? Like the kind of weaving all of that together. And uh, I, what's his name? Jason Ayer, uh, the um, the producer. Like they, they're yes, doing yeah. an incredible job with the timeline. Like it's it's so seamless. It's so good. Yeah, they've really kind of carved out a pattern where like I kind of know. I almost feel comfortable with knowing what these next ep- four episodes are going to be, right? Like we're in in the present timeline, in the 98 timeline, we're in the playoffs now, right? So we basically have four rounds. We might get a round every episode, right, going forward. And then yep. as far as uh, tracing back, like you, you better believe we're going to get like some of the baseball story, um, his father being murdered. Like, I feel like that's going to be a huge part of uh, whether it's next episode or episode eight. Um, we're going to get that 95 uh, or sorry, that 96 championship, the 97 one. And then it's going to come into that crescendo of the team actually breaking up after winning. Like, I, I feel pretty comfortable thinking it's going to be at least roughly kind of staged like that going forward. Um, but I mean, they, they've done such an incredible job staying in a certain timeline, dipping back to a relevant point in the past. Uh, like they did a really good job with like, um, I wasn't surprised Kukoc didn't show up until now because his, his big story starts with that dream team and playing against them. Right. So, and it, it looks like next episode is going to be the Kerr fight and everything and him coming to the team. And that might be like the Steve Kerr kind of episode a little bit. Right. So th- every episode kind of gets um, a, a part of the present season and then a big character in it while it also dips into the past, noting all the different relevant, like cultural uh, things as well. So yeah, I huge uh, applause for just the production that they've gone through and the, and the storytelling, because it's not only an incredible story, but I think it's a difficult one to tell well and six episodes through a masterpiece it's been it's been awesome yeah uh totally agree 94 95 i guess the baseball and his 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 father's murder would be would be episode uh seven um 96 would be eight 97 would be nine and then uh maybe an overall finals and you know post 98 uh would be you know the final episode if if we're you know if everything is mapped out and guessed out i wouldn't be surprised if they win the 98 championship in episode nine and then episode 10 is kind of like the epilogue the aftermath and everything right exactly yeah no that would be awesome i i have uh i have full confidence like no matter what just the content alone will carry this to a level of satisfaction for for hoop fans it's just whether or not it will actually reach that top top tier of like Oh, these guys made a very poignant point and, you know, really showed us like, you know, a dark side or a real like um, right. insight that we that was groundbreaking. Right. Like it, no matter what, this is going to be a three and a half, four star 
program when all is said and done. And now it's just in these last four episodes, can it become that five star? And, and in my mind, as a basketball fan, it's it has been a five star program. But can you do that thing that will, or can you you know drop that piece that will you know truly shake the ground? No doubt. Yeah. Let, hey, let's end on that for uh, the UMFM episode. Quick question: Like, do you think we'll get in these episodes some sort of revelation or admit like anything that will be the headline of this ten-part series? Unfortunately, no. Because this had to be greenlit by MJ, I don't think they'll get too into the fact that he had a gambling issue. Um, right. But you know, they, they kind of they alluded to it very well enough showing the footage he already did. Um, I just don't know how much they'll actually cover of his, of his father's death. Uh, they have to touch on it. It's, it's obviously a main talking point. Um, but yeah, I, unfortunately, you know, I think the, uh, I think the conspiracy of him being banned or him being uh, suspended for, for gambling is out of the window. Cause he was, he was gambling no matter what. Right. Right. So um, I don't think there will be anything super duper groundbreaking but it's going to be candid and that's what we're going to enjoy without a doubt i think what this what this story is really doing well is it's kind of just filling the cracks of his legacy you know with with all this awesome footage and opinions from all the talking heads and stuff like that which i mean hey is super enjoyable i mean we're all geeking out about this it's it's an amazing thing to have during one of the worst moments in history, to be honest. Um, it's a saving grace, yeah. so to speak. So I think we're we're all very fortunate. Um, that's going to do it for uh, us at this uh, half hour point on uh, 101.5 UMFM. Stay safe, everyone. Hang in there. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week talking uh, episode uh, seven and eight. Peace. security guards man that that quarter game they were playing <laughs> oh dude we're bringing that back like next time we have to like decide on something we're playing the quarter quarter against the wall game <laughs>